Welcome to Medical Myofield, the podcast where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. I'm Barney Kalman. And I'm Eve Simmons. And we are health journalists, which means we spend our lives asking tough questions to top experts so you don't have to. This week, we're talking about whether people should be fined for not showing up to their GP appointments. As ever, we'd like to know what you think. So if you've got a question about this or a suggestion for anything else we should be talking about on Medical Minefield, please do tweet us using the hashtag Medical Minefield. Well, it's well known that uh, getting a GP appointment isn't uh, particularly easy these days. Like gold dust. Absolutely. I mean, you can uh, send people messages on uh, online or you can call and get called back, but you might even wait sort of a fortnight or longer just to just to get that phone call from a doctor if you get a doctor calling you at all. Uh, so it's sort of insane that mm. apparently one million GP appointments are being wasted every single month in England because people don't attend, don't show up or don't answer the phone. And a million. I mean, that blows my mind. I just find it crazy that people don't care that much about appointments that they've had to sit on hold for, you know, two hours in order to get. And then they're just like, oh, don't don't want it anymore. Apparently, each appointment costs the NHS £39. So that means £175 million lost to the taxpayer every month. That is shocking, isn't it? Shocking. Imagine what you could spend that money on. Well, perhaps a few more GPs for a start. <laughs> so one doctor last week came up with an innovative idea that's not entirely alien to us at the Mail on Sunday. She suggested charging patients, fining patients rather, £10 for every no-show. So if you don't turn up to your appointment, you don't attend, they call them DNAs, do not attend, mm. you get charged £10 and uh, Sarah Jarvis, Dr. Sarah Jarvis, who's a columnist for the Daily Express, Telly Doctor, columnist for the Daily Express, said that this would be the way to incentivise people not to waste those appointments. I bet that went down like a lead balloon. Well, it caused controversy. It's not an alien concept, as I said to us. Our own GP columnist, Dr. Ellie Cannon, wrote a few years back before the pandemic happened, about this problem, which has been a long-term ongoing problem of people not showing up to appointments despite the fact they're booked and they've waited for them, etc. And she suggested charging people 50p. Yes, I remember. She compared it to the plastic bag charge, which has proved really successful because the idea is that it's such a small amount of money that you don't really think about it, but it's enough to stop you doing the thing that you're you're not wanted to do because you don't want to part with any money. But £10 seems like... A, £10 seems very steep, Yeah, it yes. seems quite steep. It's, but then at the same time... It's not something that everybody has to just give away. It, but exactly. And to play devil's advocate here, surely, you know, if an appointment costs £39, £10 isn't actually even half of that. So if you waste it, surely people should shoulder the burden. I mean, what what could the downside of that be? 
Well, I, I do think that there is something that isn't being discussed here, which is the reason why people might not show up uh. for appointments. I think that it's all too easy to think, oh, because people are lazy. They didn't really want the appointment in the first place. But especially in this climate, I find it very hard to believe that people are sitting on the phone to get an appointment for an hour only to just think, oh, I can't be bothered to turn up. But it's much more likely that something has happened that is out of their control and that they're not able to go. And I don't think we should be finding people for that. I think that's fair enough. And it's something that was mentioned when I talked about this. So I posted about this on Twitter and someone suggested that one of the reasons that people forgot they had appointments because they had to wait so long for them now. Mm. And the longer people had to wait for appointments, there was an exact correlation apparently in the in the data showing that the, the longer you had to wait for appointments, the more likely you were to just forget you had it. Oh, that's and so interesting. I have to admit, I am guilty of doing this myself. I have booked an appointment for a medication review knowing that it was coming up and couldn't get anything sooner than a month and wrote it down and put post-its everywhere. And then on the day, I think I was called into a meeting or something happened or, you know, you, you know how it is. And, uh, you know, I missed that phone call. I missed that moment, my five minute slot. That's why I always put all of my appointments in my work calendar. Well, I do that as well. And then sometimes oh. they just disappear. Oh, strange. The gremlins. Yes, it's the gremlins. But do, do, do you see the the problem is that you know you you wait so long for something you just mm. forget it's you know forget it's there. especially if it's a non-urgent thing as you say if it's something you really need really need to be seen but so much of the stuff you you need dealt with by your gp isn't like that mm. you'd also be pretty annoyed if um you missed a telephone call and you were charged 10 pounds that does seem very extreme however it might sharpen my focus somewhat if i was going to get charged 10 quid yeah you, you wouldn't miss that appointment maybe would you? maybe i'm the one that should be fine <laughs> yeah. probably interestingly speaking to gps what they do is when they can't get through to one person they immediately go on to the next person on their list and because they're so oversubscribed it's not like those phone appointments go gash mm. they just move on and in fact they'll call a couple of times during a clinic a phone clinic and they might try you the next day as well uh, so it, not all is lost. Well, look, first, let's talk to our columnist, Dr. Ellie Cannon, who initially said that patients should be charged 50p for missed appointments. Let's see what she has to say about it now. Ellie, thanks for joining us today. We're talking about the idea of fining patients for not turning up to their GP appointments. And this is something you've written about before. You suggested charging uh, 50p a nominal amount. But your colleague, uh, Dr. Sarah Jarvis, this week suggested charging people £10 for not turning up to GP appointments. And this was in the wake of new NHS data that showed a million appointments were missed in one month in England alone. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a shocking figure and, and a, a step up from, in my memory, from what it was before. I wonder what your stance was now. I feel really conflicted about it. I mean, there's always been a huge amount of waste in the NHS, and that's what's driven me to write those articles and talk about that before. And I've always thought that a nominal tax or a nominal sort of 50p, that plastic bag charge almost, just to make people think, really, because it's always so frustrating, the amount of wastage of appointments in general practice. I suppose one of the problems that you realise as an experienced GP is that often it isn't a patient's fault that they miss an appointment. So, for example, they may have dementia, they may have mental illness. You know as well as I do it can be impossible 
able to get through on the phone and cancel an appointment. So it's a really hard call. But the bare facts are we definitely have a lot of wasted appointments in general practice. I was saying to Eve just before you came on that I'd been guilty of doing this myself and I had booked an appointment for a medication review and it had been a month's wait. And then when that moment came, there was something that was going on at that moment at work and I missed the call. I wonder if I would then be classified as a no-show. And, you know, obviously I feel terrible about this. But, you know, what are the reasons, do you think, that people don't attend their appointments or don't answer the phone? Well, I think there's a whole host of reasons. I mean, that's a classic, and that's obviously a really good example. Work, family, all sorts of different things get in the way. Sometimes people miss appointments because there are other appointments. People might not show up because they're actually in hospital or at a hospital appointment. And as we said, it's really difficult to get through. Perhaps GP surgeries need to look at having proper cancellation lines or maybe where you could cancel on a text message or this type of thing like you do sometimes now with a restaurant booking or a hairdresser or something. Look, some people do waste them. Some people do forget. People decide they don't need it. They can't be bothered to try and get through. And people make appointments and they don't use them. I think it's a whole host of reasons. But maybe I feel less now that it's just the fault of the patient. I think it's there's sort of like blame there on both sides, really. I wonder if there was that 50p tax, whether I would have been more focused on making sure I didn't miss that. Or, you know, or for that matter, if it was 10 quid that I would have lost. Perhaps it would. I should have been find well yeah and there's that there is sort of an issue now for example i've noticed more and more with restaurants that you book and you had that didn't you through the pandemic if you book restaurants you actually were sort of fined or you have to put down your credit card details in put down a credit card exactly but i think it is tricky because by definition we are looking after the most vulnerable in society and a lot of people are missing these appointments i mean for example i look after patients who are affected by domestic abuse or who are living in shelters or who are care leavers it's difficult for them to be organized or to have data on their phone to phone up and cancel or this type of thing so there can be lots of reasons and also what is a wasted appointment I mean for example is then somebody who makes a GP appointment to talk to me about dandruff that's also a wasted appointment but those people wouldn't be charged so can you not help with dandruff (laughs) even if it's really bad I mean you know maybe that's a mean example but I mean there are people who waste appointments so maybe they should be charged Yeah, so maybe, you know, they should be charged or maybe we just need to have better respect for for GPs and for primary care. And perhaps as we've mm. seen that we're so lacking in GPs in the last sort of few months and year or so, we need to really uh, take things into our own hands. But do you think there is this problem with people not understanding the value of the NHS properly? Absolutely. There really, really is a problem with that, whether it's NHS general practice or whether it's pharmacy or your anything, hospital appointments, this, that and the other. There's really, really a complete lack 
of, I suppose, respect and admiration. We had a bit of it during COVID. I was listening this morning, people talking about the travel industry, and obviously they are private companies and they are money-making companies, maybe not at the moment. And I was thinking, you know, they're going through actually a lot of the same issues that we have in the NHS in terms of resources and in terms of personnel and recruitment and all of this type of thing. And yet people don't seem to have that same derogatory attitude towards private enterprise, but the NHS being the public sector seems to seems to be everybody's property and everybody's opportunity to criticise. Well, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to roll out my, my uh, suggestion <laughs> that Eve hates. I think that everyone at the end of whatever treatment course they have should be presented with a bill and it should say exactly how much every single thing that they received on the NHS cost and at the end it should say amount to pay zero. No, and so you should know exactly how much exactly cost, how much everything costs that you didn't have and to pay. that you didn't have to pay for it. Eve hates, I think that's a cool idea. Eve hates oh, this. Come on, Eve hates this. Oh, she, come on. She, it offends her lefty sensibilities. Well, yes, oh, but I also I like it though because of the sort of positive psychology. So I know of GP surgery where I... rather than putting up in the waiting room, rather than putting up a sign of how many people missed their appointments, they put up a sign saying, "Yay, four hundred people remember to attend their appointments." <laughs> But that's very different from saying, here's what you would have had to pay if this wasn't free. But I think that's great. It's so empowering. It's such a good thing. It? It's, it's amazing because people say we pay a fifth of every tax pound towards the NHS. See how much you get in return when you need it. Do you know what I mean? At the end of your bill where, you know, it shows you that the NHS paid five quid for gloves it paid a thousand pounds for an anaesthetist it paid 800 pounds for all the staff at your gp mm. so you know so you knew exactly how much everything cost and at the end you didn't have to pay for any of it i think it would the, the key would be in the wording because i think it could very mm. easily also we're talking about avoiding antagonistic relationships between medical staff and patients and i think if there's anything that's going to make people angry and frustrated and feel got at it's going to be that if you go on youtube you can see vox pops that they ask people how much they think things cost how much does an x-ray cost how much does... and people say oh i don't know five pounds well I endlessly you... they they vastly underestimate how much things cost because people just don't know because yeah. they don't have to pay for i them. mean i must say that when i've had some private health care under my insurer and you get a bill your insurer covers it but you find out how much it is and i'm every time i'm i'm quite shocked at how much things cost and think thank god my insurer is paying for it and the really amazing thing is if you ever look at the breakdowns the the doctors receive one of the smallest amounts mm, mm. you know you might get 500 quid to the service surgeon who performed the operation or 800 quid and then the cost of the theatre the cost of the anaesthetic the cost the of the blood test the blood even. test mm. you know everything else costs thousands and thousands and and you know i mean the doctor actually doesn't get paid very much at all which i think is fascinating and it's very empowering as a patient to know how much things cost that's my point eve mm. what do and you I say what do you say well, to that? it would take because i think it also as you say it sort of busts a lot of these myths for example people think that um, we don't like to give antibiotics because we didn't want to spend the money on the antibiotics. I say to people, amoxicillin costs 30p. It's mm. nothing to do with the money, but people have this preconception of what things it. cost. Mm, mm. Yeah. Well, there you go. 
That's my my solution. Don't I'll charge think about people. It, all right? I'll think I like about it. it. Don't charge people. Just tell them how much they cost. <laughs> But there you go. Mm, what well, it could have paid them. Exactly. Well, look, Ellie, thanks so much for uh, finding time to talk to us as ever. Lovely to talk to you guys. So have I won you over? No. <laughs> what? Why not? Because I just don't understand how you can not think. I think I that think... you are suffering from that thing where you can't change your mind. Brain fog. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think once you get into talking about money and payment and the NHS, it all just becomes messy and complicated and you piss people off and it's not good for morale. But it's not free. Why wouldn't you want to know how much it costs? Because you pay for it. Because it's irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. It, it's well. the most important thing because it is not free. These things cost money. We pay for them. You should know how much things cost. It's it's infantilizing people to say that they aren't able to cope with that kind of information, surely. I don't think that it's infantilizing people. I think at the end of the day, that information is is slightly irrelevant because you're you're getting the care everyone's going to get access to free care, whoever you are, on the NHS, whatever your problem is. And what good is it to tell you, oh, that at the end of your terrible, you know, awful, traumatic cancer treatment, this is the money that it's cost our health service? I think that it can be taken, whether intentional or not, in a slightly sort of shamey way. I mean, certainly if I was to get a bill, I think I would feel terrible. Yeah, but you just said to yourself on your private health care, Eve, that when you receive bills, (laughs) uh, A, because in your private health care you are insured, so essentially it's the same thing as the NHS. Yeah, but insurance companies make a bloody fortune, so I don't care how much they're paying for my care. Sorry, I don't understand your logic. So you're saying that you wouldn't like to get a bill that showed how much your NHS care costs, despite the fact that you pay into it to the tune of many hundreds of pounds every month? Or... I mean, I just don't get it. I just don't get why you would why you would not want to see that bit of information, but you don't mind seeing how your private insurance uh, has paid for your private health care. Because the private insurance is a private company that makes a lot of money and is not tasked with looking after everybody in the country for free. Okay, so what about if your NHS operation was paid for by the NHS to be carried out in a private hospital? Because that happens all the time. Um, I'd be all right with it. Your argument makes no (laughs) sense. (laughs) Basically. Anyway. Should we move on? Let's move on. Next on the line, you've got someone who disagrees strongly with the idea of fining patients for not showing up to appointments. Yes, on the line now is Dr. Peter English, who is a public health expert. Dr. English, thanks so much for finding some time to join us today. What do you think is so wrong with charging patients just a small amount for missing an appointment? Well, it's a superficially good idea. You can see where it comes around every few years. It it popped up in 2017 under Jeremy Hunt. The problem is that people miss appointments for all sorts of reasons, many of them good reasons, and people who have chaotic lives are more likely to miss appointments. But they're often the people who would be most vulnerable. So it would be wrong to put them off attending. And in any case, it 
probably would work out more expensive to administer such a programme than it would save. The cost would, would be more than you'd ever save from doing it. But you, you say that it could disadvantage people who are already vulnerable and have chaotic lives, etc. And, and the fact that people who have missed appointments may not necessarily be their fault. But if it was a very small amount, say, you know, some doctors have likened it to the plastic bag tax, so it could be 10 pence or something, you know, are you really disadvantaging people who are already disadvantaged by, by charging them 10 pence? Well, you'd be looking into setting up an extremely expensive to administer system for doing it. I can see it would be very attractive, particularly to the people who want to privatise the NHS in the first place. But it just isn't going to work in practice. There's no process for fining people who don't turn up and then don't want to pay their fine. How would he do it? NHS Digital data shows that last month. A million appointments were missed. A million appointments people didn't show up to. And given how difficult it is to get a GP appointment, because how overstretched this resource is, what would you suggest we do about it? Is a million a big number? Think how many GP appointments there are every week. Well, a million a month... I suspect that's actually a very small proportion. I think a million a month... A million a month. A million a month missed appointments. Okay, and how many GP appointments are there altogether, including the ones that are kept? I suspect you'll find that a million a month actually isn't a particularly large number. So you've got to be very careful using sledgehammers to crack nuts when actually you're going to smash a whole lot of other things that are valuable in the same in the process. Well, they have a they have a financial figure for it: 175 million pounds. That's 39 pounds per appointment, and you can look. At the you know billion whatever it is multi-billion budget and see that you know it adds up i mean it really does add up well again that's a, a notional figure isn't it because we know that most gps are actually very stretched and seeing more patients in the day than the, the, the number of contacts that gps actually have regardless of the ones who don't turn up is ridiculously high if a few people miss their appointment what, what difference does it make? The GP is already overworked and doing more work than they should be doing mm. in the time available. Mm. Fair enough. I think Eve might I've have a I've just found a figure. So in the month of April 2022, there were 25.3 million appointments. Well, I think a million is quite a significant proportion of that. Well, it's 125th, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I don't think that's a particularly... I mean, again, it's it's is it proportionate? You've got to remember that any system for actually finding people, getting the money off them has got to work. And then there'll be the appeals process because lots of people will get fined and then say, oh, but I know they've got a really good reason why I missed the appointment. And it'll be a huge amount of work. You're actually going to be committing the NHS to a vast amount of work, administering an expensive system that really isn't going to make a huge difference. It's just disproportionate. So, so your feeling is that actually nothing needs to be done? Yes. I mean, sure, you can do a, do do publicity things about why it's important to sell the surgery if you're not going to be able to make your appointment. But actually doing anything like this that's going to involve a lot of cost uh, for very little effect is is not going to be helpful. Do you think anything needs there to also, be done? There are other things that would, 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 would other ad, potential adverse effects. I mean, what about when patients think, if, I, if I'm going to be charged a fine for, for coming late, what about when the doctor who's extremely overworked and overruns he or she's had to see lots of patients who weren't booked in and they've all taken longer than expected. And my appointment is two hours late. Can I find the GP? But that would be a, different, going to, going to... a completely different scenario because we're talking about people who don't turn up. I think it's a good point, though, because, you know, restaurants fine you for not turning up. But then I suppose if you don't get the service you want at a restaurant, you ask for your money back, don't you? It would further change the, the relationship between patients and general practitioners and change it for the worse. 
Yeah, I mean, we we, we uh, want discussed to have a this. trusting relationship between doctors and GP and patients, which is without, as far as possible, all these sort of "oh, we might find you" type ideas. That 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 doesn't help at all with the doctor-patient relationship. It, it causes extra stress and anxiety, and many many people will be stressed and anxious about it, even if they don't miss appointments, because they're frightened they might when there are systems like this. It's like bound to have adverse consequences that aren't immediately thought about. Superficially, it seems obviously a good idea. But when you drill down into the detail of how it will work and what the actual effects would be, it isn't. I guess there's the worry that you put off people from making appointments in the first place because they think, well, I'm going to get fined and I, you know, I, I may not yep. turn up because I've got blah, blah, you know extra appointment and so I, I just won't bother i'm imagining a somewhat anxious person who's on a low income who's already anxious about life and anxious about seeing a dp anyway and then they have this additional anxiety that you no know, if i if i forget the appointment or if, if if something happens that means i can't make it will i be fined it's an additional source of stress and anxiety which i don't think is helpful to anybody the benefits of the scheme would be so Minimal, I think they would be far outweighed by the costs, not least financially, but also all these soft consequences of making people more anxious than they need to be and so on. Do you think we need to do anything to make people understand the true value of the NHS? Well, there's always been a bit of lead swinging and people who, who you know, I, I remember people sort of demanding ambulances as taxi services and things from way back when. It's always happened. But it's always been a very small amount of what's happening. And the demand actually isn't, is, is frequently not met. Now, most of the people who demanded ambulances as taxi services didn't get them. They were told to use taxis. I don't think that it is as much of a problem as people often make it out to be. I can see why a frustrated healthcare practitioner who's drumming their fingers on the table when somebody hasn't turned up might occasionally feel put out. But most of the time, they're not going to be drumming the fingers on the table. There'll be lots of other things they can be getting on with. And they'll still be going home two hours after they should have done if they worked the, the hours that they're contracted to work. Fascinating. Well, Dr. Peter English, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. You're welcome. I thought that was really interesting what he said about most GPs won't even think twice about somebody not turning up. They'll probably just move straight on to the next person and it's not even in their field of consciousness i don't know not the gps that i speak to well i guess if they're going to pick up the phone and call the next person then what does it make a huge difference yeah i mean that's what i was saying before if it's mm -hmm. if it's these phone appointments then you know it's not as severe a problem um, as people actually not showing up and the kind of time wasting that that would cause. Because... Well, certainly in my old practice, there was always a delay in appointments and it was very, very rare. And I'm sure this is the case across the country. It was very rare that you would see your GP at the time that your appointment was supposed to be. Oh, yeah. So presumably if somebody Never. doesn't turn up, yeah, if somebody doesn't turn up, it just pushes things forward, forward a bit. Back. Yeah, so, so it's more reasonable. And maybe they overbook anyway. They'll book so many people. Mm. that it all kind of a bit like airlines do. Mm. Um, they book too many people for a flight knowing that some people won't show up. But what happens if everyone shows up? Well, then they have to bump people off, don't they? Mm. And airlines pay you. We should do a similar thing in our GP surgeries. What? <laughs> surgery's <laughs> closed. Sorry. You're, too, you're five Stick minutes late. Stick the cameras late. in. Bit of drama. It's like when I was at college, they had this rule that if you turned up to a lesson 10 minutes late, then you couldn't come into the lesson. It was great. Or, oh, the hysterics. If you turn up late to um, yoga class at Virgin Active, you don't get let in. And sometimes people fight. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, they go crazy. Cool. 
you know. Your yoga class seems much more entertaining than mine. Well, they're all very stressed out and busy, aren't they? That's why they're turning up late. But my point is this. I, I get it that, you know, people miss appointments. People don't turn up. I have admitted that I have done it myself and perhaps I should have been fined myself because mm. I've got no excuse, really. But your argument and Peter English's argument about these people who just is too fragile to handle the idea that if they don't show up to something, there's a fine for it and it'll put them off and that they'll never seek help and that they will crumble into the ground. No one's saying that. I think... Well, it's that kind of energy. And My my point was especially... was largely about the £10 idea. It's too much. It's too much. And there's a lot of people out there for who £10 is a lot of money and they can't afford to just lose that. I'm slightly conflicted because I do think that the plastic bag tax idea may well be effective. I think that it probably would put people like yourself off thinking, oh, well, it's, it, well, I've got other things to do or or not thinking about it. It's the complete not thinking about yeah. it, I think. that was, and, and it's similar with that plastic bag, isn't it? That you just picked it up, you yeah. took it without thinking about it. And it, just because they said 10p, you're like, do I need this yeah, or not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you think, no, I don't. And you carry that bag because you're like, oh, I'm going to keep my 10p. That's it's, exactly it's it. It's not a huge amount of money, but it's so significant. But I do think way. that with healthcare and GP appointments, it is so sensitive because everyone has a very unique relationship with accessing healthcare and don't need something small to put them off and although there are the big problem is that people can't get appointments you know it's a significant minority of people who could be put off getting an appointment that would possibly save their life so the idea is that there is this section of society who are more vulnerable and unable to book appointments because they're too I just It's not unable to book appointments, <laughs> but just as the idea of I'm going to hold on to my 10 pence and not have a bag, I think it's the same thing that you think, actually, I'm not going to bother booking an appointment because the idea of being fined kind of irks you slightly. 10p? Yeah, I think that the idea that, that the health service... Oh, I just is don't gonna... buy it. And I think if anyone is ridiculous enough to not book an appointment with a doctor if they need it just because they might miss the appointment and get charged 10p, they need another kind of doctor to examine their head. Maybe. I don't know. Well, we could argue about this. <laughs> Listeners, tweet <laughs> us and let us know. Day. What do you think? Exactly. Am I wrong? Exactly. I'm not. You know I'm not. <laughs> That's all we've got time for. You can read all about this and much, much more in this weekend's The Mail on Sunday. Tweet us using the hashtag medicalminefield or email us on health at mailonsunday.co.uk. And we'll be back with another topic on Medical Minefield next week. See you then. Goodbye. Goodbye.